Welcome to the Confidence Lounge podcast, where we cover all things confidence in life and business. I'm your host, Elise Conroy, and I'm on a passionate mission to help thousands of women across the world feel more confident from the inside out, because not on my watch am I ever going to watch another woman do insecure life and business again. So if you're ready to become your most confident self, mama, or businesswoman, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So grab your favorite beverage, get nice and comfy, and get ready to receive today's confidence injection. Where all of my workaholics at? Today's episode is for you. Okay, my beautiful friend, welcome back to the Confidence Lounge and the special series that I am calling the Over It series. So last week we talked all things over perfecting. This week we are getting into overworking. So my whole entire goal with today's episode is to help you reclaim your life and give you some proven strategies to stop overworking. So today we're going to go deep into the specific behavior of overworking because as I talked about last week, my whole entire goal with this specific series is to do three things to shed light and create awareness on behaviors and unconscious habitual cycles that we may or may not even realize that we're living in and show you the long-term effects of staying in these cycles and then teach you how to start changing your behavior so you can really get a taste of what it looks like once you step out of behaving in this way, which is what I call the over it cycle. And when we're in the over it cycle, let's be real, we're over it. So today we are going to be talking all things overworking, why we do it, the cost of it, and how to stop it. And I also want to give you a little sneak preview into what's coming next week because next week, we're going to be talking about overthinking. And I'm bringing on a super special guest to help you stop overthinking. We actually just recorded this episode. Oh my God, there are so many wisdom moms that are coming for you. So if you identify as an overthinker, you are not going to want to miss next week's episode. So let's talk today about overworking, right? So overworking for a lot of us is a really beautiful thing. Feels good, right? Helps our self-esteem, helps feed our self-worth, feels like we're doing something really good. But at the core of it all, overworking is actually a problem. And by the end of this episode, you're going to know why that is. And for me, overworking was actually something that felt very secure and like a really beautiful protection for many, many years of my life. And for a long time, it served me really, really well until I didn't. (laughs) So when we think of overworking, I like to think of it as like a silent storm that's wreaking havoc on our lives and our vitality. It's a challenge that impacts us physically, mentally, and emotionally, draining our energy and leading to health issues like chronic stress, depression. There are so many things that happen when we live in the cycle of overworking. But here's the thing. We are capable of so much more when we break free from the cycle. So we talked on how to break free from perfectionism last week, right? We're going to do the same thing with overworking today. Because when you stop overworking, this is when you unlock your potential and become this vibrant power house that I know you are, thriving, filled with joy, creativity, having the strongest relationships, truly out there living your best, most confident life. And that's really at the core of it, what we all want, right? So that lives on the other side of overworking. So by healing the urge to overwork, we're not just saving our mental, physical, and emotional health. We're unleashing this inner powerhouse that's within us that is ready to just truly take on the world with this renewed confidence. So imagine a world where you are working smarter, not harder, where your productivity soars, and where your work is a source of fulfillment and inspiration, but it's not your everything. 
Because overworking can be a problem, yes, but it's also a challenge that we can overcome because truly work is only one part of our life. But for so many of us, we define ourselves by what we do. So as we stop shed or start to shed this identity of I'm an overworker, I'm a workaholic, my work is everything, right? What ends up happening is we start to embrace living a more balanced life. And we're not only regaining control, we're also rewriting the script of our lives. So ending the behavior and the habit, because that's really what overworking is at the core of it all, that's helping us, it's helping protect us from something. And we're going to figure out what that is for you in today's conversation. But ending this habit, ending this behavior is really a journey into the well-being where you feel like, okay, I feel good. I feel like every day when I get out of bed, I'm not stressed. I don't have dread. I don't have anxiety. I'm not filled with doubt, right? Instead, your dreams are taking flight. Your relationships are flourishing and you are just living in the space where your creativity has no bounds. So what I want you to know as we open up this conversation is overworking is a chapter that we can close and really invite in this vibrant, joy-filled narrative where we become the priority in our life, not our job, us us as an individual, us as a woman, not us as a mom, that's another job that we do, right? Not us as a wife, that's another job that we do, right? It's a part of who we are, it's a part of what we do, but that's not all of what we are. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take some steps today to help you close this overworking chapter so that way you can truly step into living your best, most confident life, whatever that looks like for you. Okay, I want to bring something, I thought this was so interesting. I want to start this conversation with with something that I saw. Because in Japan, there is a phenomenon, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, known as Koroshi, which is called death by overworking. And this has led to massive concerns about the impact of working long hours on our health and well-being. And this has created thousands and thousands of deaths in Japan every single year. So I feel like overworking, it almost killed me too. So I was living in that space of Karoshi, right? I was working 80 to 100 hour weeks. I was waking up at midnight to answer emails. I was flying over 100,000 miles a year. I was over 200 pounds eating my feelings because truly at that point in my life, food was the only thing that had brought me comfort amidst all of the stress. My skin was gray. I had zero energy. I lost the sparkle in my eye and my zest for life because I was so utterly burned out and exhausted. So I was doing everything in my mind that I needed to to succeed at the highest level to achieve at the highest level, to just truly be perfect, like what we talked about last week. And in the process, I was overworking myself to the bone. And in that process, I truly lost myself. I had become the shell of who I once was and got to this point where I didn't even recognize who I saw in the mirror. And friends and family had gotten to the point where they were pointing out that they felt like they were losing me to work. And that was really scary when they said that to me because I knew that they were right. And when I was with them, they would always complain because all I did was talk about work. And they're like, Elise, what has happened to you? Like, we know that you were ambitious. We know that you were really driven. We know that you had this really high desire to succeed. But like, what? Ha- where are you in this? Like, you're just your job now. Like, there is no more Elise. And this changed dramatically after my dad's cancer diagnosis in 2018 and really sent me on a quest to figure out why was I working so hard? Because when I actually got honest with myself and I started peeling back all of the layers of protection, right? Because overworking at the core of it for me was protection. When I got honest with myself and really peeled back those layers, the reason why I overworked was because at the core of it all, I didn't feel good enough. And work had become my main source of self-esteem. It had become my worth. It had become the reason why I felt like I was somebody. It was my value. It was my importance. And it felt like my only contribution that I had to this world. And without work, I was nothing. 
So what had happened when I stepped back and started really evaluating this is I realized I entered what is called a psychological state of enmeshment. So if you've never heard this before, it's when the lines get blurred in between work and who you are as a person and your self-esteem becomes dependent on your job. So meaning when somebody says like, oh, who are you? You're like, oh, I am a blink and you insert your job title. That was me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a beauty product developer and marketer. I, I create makeup. That's what I do. And they're like, yeah, but who are you? I'm like, I just told you. Like there was no sense of self because my only sense of self was what I did for a living. So here I am on the other side of leaving my career in beauty. It had been three months and the beginning of 2019, I had no job. I had yet to start my business and I was truly in the middle of a full on identity crisis because I did not know who I was without that beauty title. I had identified for most of my adult life as a marketer, a product developer, somebody who made makeup, right? Like that was who I was. That was all I did. I was traveling the world all, you know, all the time for months out of the year to go do this job that it had just become who I was. So while I'm in this full-on identity crisis, I also was struggling with letting go of another thing that I had defined myself as for a very long time, and that was being a workaholic. Because for so long, self-identifying in that way made me feel like I was really, really committed to something. It made me feel valuable, and it kept me really far away from my feelings and being alone with my thoughts and dealing with my problems. So in my mind, if I just worked a lot, then I didn't have to be at home dealing with my problems, right? And I really used work as a way to avoid being alone with my myself, any any place where I could just be alone and subjected to my thoughts and feelings. And I used work in a way to ensure that I was permanently distracted and to ensure that my entire focus was on working, not the pain from my past that I was doing my best to outrun. That is why I overworked. And when I really sat down and got honest with myself, it was very scary to admit that truth because that was a truth that deep down I knew all along, but I didn't want to admit to myself. And I knew that when I was staying late, when I was answering those emails, I was like, why am I not wanting to be present in my life? Like, why am I trying to escape my life by throwing myself into work? And I see a lot of us do this, especially when we've gone through, let's say, a really hard moment in life, maybe a death, maybe it was a breakup, maybe it was a failure. So what you do to try to compensate for it and to try to overcome it is you throw yourself into work. But then what we're doing is we're not actually healing, we're distracting ourselves. So work for a lot of us has become a distraction that is keeping us away from our thoughts, our feelings, and our problems. And no no shocker there, right? Like that was definitely the way that I lived for so many years of my life. So overworking at the core of it, it is a protection mechanism that is designed to keep us from feeling a certain way, just like overperfecting, just like what we're going to talk about next week in overthinking, right? So for you, what is keeping you at work right now? I love asking my clients this question. And when they say, I don't know, right? And it's like, no, you really do know. You probably just haven't admitted it to yourself yet, or you haven't done that thought work on a deeper level to really answer that question for yourself. But let's say I ask you that question and you're like, oh, because I want to do a good job. Okay, well, why do you want to do a good job? Well, I really want to, you know, please my boss. Okay, well, why do you want to please your boss? And I'll keep going until we actually reveal the root of what it is that's keeping you at work late. Because the first like five or six times you answer that, it's going to be surface level answers. When we get to level seven, you know, level six, level seven, we're going to see the real reason. And for so many of the women that I work with, it is very scary for them to get to level six and level seven, because I call this the seven layers of truth. And when we get to that level, 
we actually see the core root of why we're staying at work late. And for a lot of us, it's because we don't feel good enough. So just like me, right? I'm no different than you. If that's your real reason, maybe it's letting somebody down. Maybe it's being a failure. Maybe it's not making enough money, you know, being poor, something like that, right? So if you were to play that game with yourself and go through the seven layers of truth, and you can literally do this in your journal and just ask yourself why seven times and whatever comes up first, I want you to trust it. Because for a lot of us, we start overthinking it or we judge it or we're like, oh no, I didn't really mean that, right? But what usually comes up first is usually your truth in most cases, right? So what is keeping you at work late right now or keeping you working all hours of the clock or keeping you in a place where you're sitting at home on the couch with your kids and you're wanting to be present with them, but now you're thinking about this email and then you're like, oh God, I got to check back in. And then you're watching your show with your kids. And next thing you know, you're like, oh God, this project tomorrow. And you keep going back into that place where you can't break free and actually be present in your life because you're so consumed with work. So I want you to ask yourself that question and go through that exploration of asking yourself why seven times, because that is going to reveal the true reason why you are overworking. And I want you to just give yourself permission to see your truth and say, you know what? I'm safe to see this. I've got your back through this. If there's anything that comes up that you are scared to see, that you're scared to admit, you've got this. You are designed as a human to feel anything. You are so strong. You are so capable. So give yourself the gift of seeing your truth and trusting, no matter how scary that truth is, that you are designed as a human being to experience it, to feel it, to see it. And you will be okay on the other side of that. So that is the first thing I want you to explore. The second thing I want you to ask yourself is what is overworking protecting you from? So for me, it was being alone with my thoughts, my feelings, and my problems, right? Like, don't all of us not want to be alone with those things? I just, you know, really thought like, okay, if I just keep working, then all of those things will just go away. (laughs) Well, they didn't. (laughs) They always found me. And it usually found me when I was somewhere fabulous in the world on a vacation, you know, living my best life, trying to. And next thing you know, I'm like, oh, shit, here comes all this stuff coming up. And I'm like trying to outrun it in a different country. Like, no matter how hard I tried to outrun my shit, it always came back and found me. So for you, what is overworking protecting you from? Is it feeling a certain way? Is it something from your past, right? So you're overworking because you don't want to deal with something that happened to you. And so maybe it could be, you know, somebody that you love so much passing away and idle hands keep you in a space where you were like, oh God, oh God, I'm thinking, I'm I'm thinking about this again. I got to do something, right? And so you keep yourself super busy and now you're overworking again. And keep in mind, overworking isn't just your job. It could be overworking in your house, making sure everything is perfect in your house. It could be overworking as a mom, right? Like going above and beyond. I've got to teach my kids all the things so they're perfect in school, right? Like their overworking can take on so many different forms. So it's beyond what you do to get paid. It can show up everywhere in your life. And the last thing I want you to think about is what is overworking keeping you from feeling? What specific feeling, if you really got honest with yourself, is it shame? Is it embarrassment? Is it disappointment? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it imposter syndrome? What is it really keeping you from feeling? Because once again, overworking is just a protection mechanism. So what is it protecting you from and what is it keeping you safe from feeling? There will be so much 
power in the answer to these three questions. You can literally change the course of the rest of your life just by getting honest with yourself about these three things. So if you identify as an overworker or a workaholic and you wear that as a badge of honor right now, but you know deep down that this is not serving you, you know deep down that this is actually a problem, you know deep down it is blocking you from having meaningful relationships with people, you know deep down it's costing you life experience, you know deep down you want to be spending your time doing something else, but there's this urge to work and you can't deal with that urge so you continue to work and continue this behavior and this habitual cycle, right? Okay, so the first step in this is we're generating awareness, right? So you're gonna answer those questions for yourself to get to your truth. And once again, I don't know is not an answer. You have to get beneath that I don't know. The I don't know is always gonna keep you at the surface. You're never gonna change your behavior if you just continue to believe that you don't know because you do know. You just have to dig deep enough in yourself because this is an inner job, right? Solving this is an inner issue. You can't you know, go to the, go to the gym to solve this. You can't lose weight to solve this. You can't you know, have the perfect partner to solve this. This is an inner issue. So you've got to get to the truth and create this awareness for yourself because nothing changes if nothing changes and you can't change what you don't see. So we've got to shine the light here first. So the second part of our awareness generation, which is really step one in all of this, is I want to give you 10 very specific signs that you are overworking. So overworking, as we know, it can have serious negative consequences on your physical, mental, and emotional health and your overall well-being. And the way that you're going to know if you have slipped into the cycle of overworking is one of these 10 things or all of these 10 things if you are a hyper overworker like how I was, right, may be happening. So the first part of this is you're going to be feeling constantly fatigued. So no matter how many naps you take, you're constantly going to feel tired. Even after it could be the best night's sleep of your life, this is a very common sign of overworking because even when you're not physically at your job, your brain is still working. You're still thinking about what you have to do the next day. You're still thinking about the next email that needs to be answered. You're still thinking about this you know, problem that's going on or this challenge with another employee, right? So you may even experience difficulty waking up in the morning because you have so much mental fatigue. So you're going to feel this constant exhaustion running through you. The second thing is increased stress. So overworking often leads to higher stress levels. So when you are experiencing those spikes in cortisol, it's going to be like whoosh, you know, and all of a sudden, your, your body is going to go into this stress cycle and you may find yourself when you're in your stress cycle feeling super overwhelmed, very anxious, irritable, and those things are going to be more frequent. So an example of this is let's say you just left a meeting and somebody comes to ask you a question. You're like, I can't even do this right now. Right. And you're like, whoa, I didn't even mean to have that strong of a reaction, but you just can't even deal with one more thing. Number three is sleep disturbances. So overworking can really impact your sleep patterns. And this can lead to those horrible nights of insomnia where you are just laying in bed and you are so frustrated that you can't go to sleep. You're just staring at the ceiling. You're replaying every single conversation you had in your, you know, in the day. You're dreading all the problems from tomorrow. You're having all of that restlessness while you're laying in bed. And the worst part about this is you're most likely physically exhausted and you're mentally exhausted and you're emotionally exhausted, but yet you still can't sleep. Number four is I see a lot of a lot of physical health issues such as tension headaches, migraines, muscle tension, chronic issues with your shoulders because we hold so much of our stress in our shoulders and a lot of digestive issues. So issues with your GI tract. Maybe you have IBS. Maybe you have um, issues where anxiety induces a stress cycle for you that then impacts your your bowel movements, right? For a lot of us, like it's like, oh God, stressful, stressful thing. Where's the bathroom? I got to poop, right? So chronic overworking can really impact your immune system. It can impact your whole entire 
you know, the way that your body handles fight or flight, it can handle or impact your nervous system, making you more susceptible to this tension and illness. Number five is you are neglecting self-care. So y'all know I'm a big self-care advocate, but if you are in the cycle of overworking, it is so easy to put your well-being and your self-care, which whether that's exercise, nutrition, journaling, meditation, or just being in a space where you're relaxing, um, maybe it's breath work, right? What ends up happening is overworking is always going to take priority over your well-being. You're always going to say, oh, I have to do this first because that's going to feel like a bigger fire. There's going to be more value there. There's going to feel like that's more important. So of course, self-care is going to go to the bottom of the list, right? Number six is decreased productivity. So it's so interesting because I find the desire for people who overwork is to do a good job. They want to perform at the highest level. They want to succeed at the highest level. But overworking can lead to decreased productivity because your fatigue and burnout sets in, right? So you might be sitting at your desk and you're like, oh, I have all this stuff to do. And now the overwhelm sets in and you're finding it hard to focus or complete all of your tasks because it just seems so overwhelming. So you end up getting yourself into what I call inaction and you're not actually doing anything because you're so in your head. You're so like, oh my God, oh, you know, you're panicking. So nothing gets done. So your productivity actually decreases. And in reality, all you really want is to produce at the highest level, to achieve at the highest level, to succeed at the highest level. But overworking is getting in your way of doing that. Number seven, and this is a big one that I see coming up with the women that I work with, and that is isolation. So isolation is going to be a huge source of loneliness and overworking is going to be a contributor to that because what's going to happen when you're at work? You're not going to be out hanging out with your friends and family. You're going to be at work, right? So you're not going to prioritize your friend and family time. You're not going to prioritize fun and you're going to withdraw from social activities and relationships and put up these walls because what you're doing is you're protecting yourself via work. And I find for a lot of the women that I work with, and these are high level C-suite women, they are so lonely and they are so depressed because they just want so bad to feel connected, but they're staying at work until like 10 o'clock at night. No connection is going to be happening when you're just sitting there answering emails, like trying to process all these things that happened at the meeting. Like you're not going to be out there living your best life when you're just hiding behind your desk. Number eight is a lack of work-life balance. And when I say work-life balance, I just mean harmony in your life, right? To where you feel like you might be working a lot, but you still feel like, yeah, I got this under control. Because I truly think work-life balance is kind of a fallacy at this point, especially being a mom. (laughs) So when you are in that place, everything's going to feel like a struggle. And this is a very clear indicator of overworking because you might be at home once again, and you're desiring to be at home and doing all the things. But once again, your brain is still at work during your personal time. Number nine, is overworking can lead to a lot of challenges when it comes to complaints, right? So now you're sitting here complaining throughout your whole day. You're like, oh, I have a headache. My back hurts. Did you see what that bitch said in the meeting? I can't. And that is another form of mental fatigue. This is going to spike your blood pressure. This is going to increase your stress and anxiety, right? Because you're just complaining, complaining, complaining all day. You're never going to be feeling satisfied because there's so many things that feels like going wrong. Number 10, is decreased job satisfaction. So overworking can really lead to a decreased satisfaction overall and the feeling of burnout. So you might start to get into this place where you just resent work. You're like, F this place. I can't wait to get the F out of here, right? And that type of cancerous energy will not only impact your organization at the highest level, because once somebody starts feeling like that, they're going to bring down the whole entire company. It takes one dissatisfied employee to truly become a cancerous plague that impacts the whole entire productivity and well-being and culture of an organization, right? I've seen this happen at small companies, and I've seen this happen at the biggest of the biggest Fortune 500 companies. And I have been that employee that also felt the decreased job satisfaction who just wanted everybody to rally around me and validate that things were so terrible, right? So I was 
was trying to be that, you know, electioneer that was like, hey, everybody, let's all sign off and co-sign that this is bullshit, right? F this place, you know? And then I left and I'm like, oh, they're still all there. Fine. Right? Like it never feels good to feel that place where you're, where to feel like you're in a place where you're not satisfied with the work that you're doing. So if you notice that one of these 10 signs, or once again, all of these 10 signs are happening, I really want you to think about two things, right? Because you've got to start over addressing these overworking habits. And that might involve setting boundaries and saying, you know what, I'm no longer going to do this behavior today. That stops, right? That's what a boundary looks like. A boundary is a clear line in the sand saying that I'm going to do this. This is okay. This is not okay. I'm not going to do this, right? And you have to hold yourself accountable for following through. The other area where I want you to consider is really seeking out support. So if you find that you are somebody who is deeply connected to the behavior and the habit of overworking, I want you to think about, do you need support to elevate your self-care? Do you need to work with a coach to break this habit? Do you need to work with a therapist to heal the stuff from your past so that way you're no longer trying to outrun your problems by being at work, right? So I want you to think about, If you were to stop overworking today, what support team do you need to set yourself up for success there, right? I want you to really get honest with yourself there too. Okay, so now that we've talked all about awareness, I've given you a lot to work with when it comes to really getting aware about what overworking looks like. I want to talk about why. Why do we overwork? Why is overworking such a phenomenon? And this is, once again, not limited to an American problem, a problem just that exists in America. This is a worldwide issue. So I want to shed light on a few specific reasons why people tend to overwork, just so that way you can see, oh, is this me? Am I doing this, right? The first thing I want to bring light to is the lack of awareness. So some of us don't even realize that we're overworking because we've just become so accustomed to being in a demanding pace, to living in this stress and chaos cycle, and just being in this mindset of like, oh, this is normal. It is not normal to overwork. It is not normal to be in a place that expects you to stay 80, 100 hours a week and to celebrate you for that, right? Because I see that as this almost like cultural and societal norm, because in some cultures, in some industries, there's this very strong emphasis on working long hours as a sign of dedication and commitment. I know I've definitely worked in environments like that. And it's like, oh, did you see she stayed until midnight last night? She's so committed, right? And this can create such a detrimental societal pressure to overwork. And so when we are in that place, maybe we're getting peer pressured, right? In some workplaces, we get pressure from colleagues who are consistently working these long hours and they can influence you to do the same. So when we're in that place where we have this societal pressure, this cultural pressure, peer pressure to actually overwork, it just seems normal because we're all doing it. And if you think of that saying, it's like, we're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if the five people you spend the most time with are all overworkers, it's going to seem very normal for you to be in this pattern and not even realize that you're in it, right? So I want to start this with that lack of awareness because for a lot of us, like for me, I was like, this is what I was raised to do. I was raised to work long hours. I was raised to hustle. This is very normal until all of a sudden I realized actually it's not normal. I have connected my self-esteem to achievement. And if I don't have achievement, then I don't feel self-esteem. So I keep working more to feel self-esteem and holy crap, this is a problem, right? So when I actually started getting aware about it, and this is what I help the women I do in our coaching sessions together when we're working one-to-one is really see like, is this normal for you? Like, is this a choice that you made for yourself? Or are you feeling parents, parent pressure, right? Your parents say you have to do this to succeed. Is this a teaching that you picked up along the way from an old boss of you have to work this way. And if you're not working X amount of hours per week, you're not really committed to the work that you're doing, right? Like, is this your decision or 
are you just seeing this as normal and this is just what you do until you realize it doesn't have to be this way. Another area where I see a reason why we overwork is money, right? So when we have a potential financial reward at the end of the rainbow and job security, of course, this is going to motivate us to work longer hours, especially if we're paid overtime. Or if we have performance-based incentives, maybe you're in a sales position where if you spend more time acquiring a new customer, your commission is going to be bigger, right? So we think, okay, if I'm working longer hours, this is going to increase my revenue potential and it's going to reinforce my job security. So when you're in that place, and I know definitely I fell into this trap when I started my own business because I, as an entrepreneur, I am never guaranteed a paycheck for the work that I do, right? So it was very easy for me to tell myself if I didn't have money coming in, I needed to work more to create money. No. That's opposite. And I see that so clearly now, right? Another area where I see, and this is very interconnected, right, is perfectionism and workaholism. So we talked all about perfectionism last week. So we know now perfectionists often overwork because we have exceedingly high standards and feel compelled to meet those high standards or else we're not good enough, right? Same thing goes with workaholism. So we develop this addiction to work and that becomes our primary source of identity and self-worth. So these two things intertwined, Woo! this is a challenge, my friend. And this is 100% where I lived, right? Because I had to be perfect and I had to work a lot (laughs) because that was my identity, right? So when it becomes an identity level issue where you identify as a perfectionist and as a workaholic, overcoming this really starts by disassociating with those two labels that you are wearing. Now, um, another area where I see why we do this is because think about we live in a world now where it's so easy to overwork post-COVID. So there's no separation in between those of us who work from home and that's our reality because your house is your office. So there is no separation between work and home life and advances in technology have made this so much easier to work remotely and stay connected 24 seven. And this really has blurred the boundaries in between work and personal life. So when we're overworking, we kind of fall into this spell and that brings us to, you know, back to point one of we're not aware that we're doing it because we're just home. Like we don't need to be doing it or we could be doing something else, but we're just going to answer this email real quick. And next thing you know, you've gone down another rabbit hole and you're answering this email and you've lost hours of your life. So for a lot of us, we get into that space where there's no separation. And this really changed post COVID because so many of us are now permanent work from home. Another reason we overwork is because we have massive workloads. So we might have an insane workload. I know I experienced this where I was managing the development of over a thousand products at one time, and I literally had a team of only a few people. It was so hard to get the job done, and there was no money in the budget for them to hire more people to support me, but yet the work still had to get done. So we're operating under heavy workloads, tight timelines. We might be in cultures where we are understaffed. We are, you know, expected as individuals to step up because how bad do you want it, right? How many times have you heard that? Or maybe somebody got fired because the budget got cut and now you're expected to take on their whole entire job and you don't see an increase in your pay. It's just now the expectation that you get to double your workload, but there's no room in the budget to give you more money. So when we get into that space, of course, we're going to overwork because our job depends on it. And the last two things that I want to highlight of why we overwork, and these two uh, can go hand in hand too, (laughs) is the fear of failure. So you have this fear of not meeting expectations, right? So your enoughness is contingent upon not failing. Your self-esteem is contingent upon not failing. So this can drive you to overwork to avoid negative consequences. And the last thing is inadequate time management. So 
you have poor time management and prioritization skills, and this can lead to overworking because we struggle to complete our tasks efficiently. We get distracted. We're over at this person's desk talking, and now we're like, oh shit, I got to stay late because I didn't finish my work, right? Now you're at work an extra two hours because you weren't actually managing your time throughout the day. So it is super important to recognize these signs of overworking and really take steps to establish how you want to feel every single day when you go to work. Because what I don't want to see you in is this over it cycle where you're overworking because this will always lead to burnout. It will always impact your physical, mental, and emotional health. And this has the potential to strain your relationships, right? Because your family, your friends, whoever it is in your life, they want you. They want you to be present with them. They don't want you to be the shell of yourself, just like what I experienced with my family when they had that intervention moment with me. So by understanding the why and shedding the awareness, this is the first part in creating change in this behavior. Now, I want to offer you a few proven strategies and ways to help you stop overworking because this is going to be key in shifting the behavior and breaking the habit of overworking. And that is so crucial for your well-being, living your best life, having a beautiful sense of balance and harmony. So these are a few strategies that can help you overcome this habit. So the first one we already we talked a little bit about, and that is setting clear and secure boundaries. So you are going to establish a clear start and end time for your workday, right? And then you're going to communicate this to everybody in your life. And I was just talking with a friend about this and she just had her second baby and she knows when she gets back from maternity leave, this is her number one area of focus if she wants to truly be present for her family. (coughs) Excuse me. So when you get into that space where you don't have those clear boundaries, it makes it very easy to get into this, you know, this mindset of like, oh, well, I'll just answer one more thing and I'll just do this one more thing really quick. And next thing you know, two hours have gone past and now your kids are going to bed and you haven't seen them all day. Now you've gone into this situation where you were supposed to have dinner with a friend and you're like, oh, I have to cancel last minute work stuff got in the way, right? So you're going to set your clear boundaries. Number two is you're going to prioritize your tasks. So you're going to identify and focus on the most important needle moving tasks. All the other shit does not get to go into your to-do list, right? And you're going to help to really help yourself prioritize by seeing, okay, if I put all of my effort, this is going to be the maximum impact thing. So I'm going to put all of my energy there because that's how you're actually going to get shit done. Number three is you're going to time block. I love time blocking. I help women do this in week three of the CAN program. When I do the time audit, we do like a whole time and money workshop where I audit your time. And then we do this time mapping and time optimization exercise. And we actually time block. So we say, okay, this chunk of time is going to be dedicated to this activity. So this is work time. This is personal time. This is going to be when you go to the the yoga class. This is going to be when you actually hang out with your kids. And you know every single day, this is when I'm creating dedicated rest time, right? I have a lot of women on Sundays who are working nine to five, Monday through Friday, have a Sunday rest day, right? So on X amount of time on Sundays, you're going to dedicate to rest. So that way you are prepared. You are back. It's like you plug your phone in every single night, right? We do that to ourselves. So that way you can show up with the energy needed to get you through and still have surplus at the end of the week. So by doing that on Sunday and blocking that time to do something, nothing other than rest, that is such a way to set yourself up for success. So when you allocate these specific time blocks for whether it's work, personal activities, and rest, what your goal is, is to stick to that schedule as much as possible. There's always going to be curveballs. There's always going to be things that come up that can take you out of it, but at least you have done your best in the beginning to protect your time. 
Number four is to take regular breaks. So I like to think about this as just once again, another way to give yourself an instant recharge. So I have a goal for myself to stand up every single hour. So if I'm working for eight hours straight, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to take eight breaks. And whether that's a little quick dance party, whether that's I'm going to do some breath work, whether I'm going to walk around the block, when you incorporate those short, frequent breaks into your workday, you're going to feel so recharged. And I, for so many women, it's like we just get stuck at our desk. We go into the zone. Next thing you know, it's like already five o'clock and time to go home and you're like, oh my God, I didn't even get up once today. Shit, I had to pee. Like you don't actually get up and take a break. So of course you're going to feel exhausted because you had not had a space and a second for yourself to feel okay. Number five, and this to me is one of the most important, is self-care. You've got to prioritize self-care. So it, whether whatever self-care you feel good, I'm not even going to put boundaries on it. Like I think of self-care as just whatever you do to recharge your batteries. So I want you to make time for that. Because when I think of how I live my life now, I apply luxurious <laughs> amounts of guilt-free, unapologetic self-care. And this has gone to the newest, most highest level on the other side of becoming a mom. Because nobody is going to fight for my time for me. Nobody is going to create time for me to recharge. I have to do that for myself. And I think come up with a million excuses. And this is where I see a lot of other new moms, a lot of uh, people who are stuck in the pattern of overworking. They'll be like, oh, well, I couldn't because this isn't this happened. Okay, well, what did you do to protect your time? Where was your boundary? Where did you say no? And they're like, I didn't. I had to do this. I'm like, no, you didn't. So you get to decide. You get to decide to make relaxation and that luxurious leisure time to reduce your stress and rejuvenate and feel revitalized and really take the time for your mind and your body and your heart and your emotions or you don't, right? But if you truly want to feel good and live your best, most confident life, it's going to happen on the other side of practicing that self-care. Okay. The next thing to really step out of the pattern of overworking is you are going to delegate, collaborate, and you are going to learn to say no. So when stuff comes up and you know, and for the control freaks out there, this is going to be a challenging one for you in the beginning. When you know, I can give this off to somebody, but then your brain's like, but they couldn't do it as good as me. It's easier for me to do it myself. No, I don't want you to indulge in that lie. Because if you tell somebody how you want it done and you give them the proper training, the task will get done. And even if they choose to do it a different way, so what? Why does it have to be done this exact way? There are a million ways to do anything. Give people the freedom and the space to do the task in a way that they can get it done. If the end result is what you want it to be, who cares on how we get there, right? Like if you think of going on a road trip, there are a million ways that you can drive to your destination. Why are we holding on to control that it has to be done A to Z, exactly how you want it to be done, right? So when you're in that place of delegating and you collaborate with colleagues so you can share that workload and you collaborate with your family and say like, here, Here's the things that are on my list. I got to get this done, right? This is going to help you get into a place where your plate is never too full. And this is also going to be reinforced by saying no. So if somebody asks you to take on more, if somebody asks for your help and you truly do not have the capacity because your plate is full, the answer is no with love. It's not being mean. It's not, you know, saying like, I hate you because I'm saying no and I don't want to help you. No, it's saying no with love because you commit to yourself first. You love yourself first and you are protecting your energy and you are not overworking. You're committing to really overcoming this behavior and this habit, right? Okay, the next part about this is I want you to track your time. And I want you to say like, okay, if I had a goal to do X, like let's say it was a new project, I want you to actually track your time. Because for so many of us that are overworkers, same way as, you know, overthinking and over perfecting, we lose a lot of time in the art of overworking. So I want you to use, whether it's a tracking app or something to monitor, maybe you just set like a stopwatch in your phone to monitor how much time you're spending on this task. Because if you say, I know this is only going to take me an hour, And let's say it took you two, did you either underestimate the time that you needed or did you 
maybe get lost along the way? Did you pick up your phone and start looking at Instagram? Did you take a call and then you got distracted, right? So this is going to help you to understand and really identify specific areas where you're overworking and it gives you all of your power back to start making any sort of necessary adjustments to where you say like, okay, I know I said I'm only going to stay at work today for eight hours. In this eight hours, these are the things that I need to get done. This is going to take me one hour. This is going to take me three hours. This is going to take me two hours. I know I'm going to have a lunch break for an hour. This leaves me with X amount of time for any sort of, you know, distractions, whatever. So here's what I'm going to do to make sure that I leave at five o'clock, right? So I want you to track your time because for a lot of us, once again, we're not aware of how we're actually spending our time. So you can't change what you don't see. So you got to see it. And this is why when I do the time audit, we literally look at how every single minute of your day is spent. And this ends up being one of the most insightful parts of my clients who are in the CAN program, their experience in it, because they're like, I had no idea I was spending this amount of time on this. And a lot of it, friends, a lot of our time unknowingly goes to social media and I'm working with high powered women, women who do not have time, but yet they're spending anywhere from four to eight hours a day on social media without even realizing it. And I literally have them pull up in their screen time on their phone. (laughs) They're like, oh no. And they feel so ashamed and they're like, I'm so embarrassed, right? But it happens. But if you don't know that this is happening and you're not getting honest with yourself about where every single minute of your day is going, you're never going to be able to correct this behavior. Okay, so that is really where I think that your biggest opportunities live in overcoming the habit of overworking, right? Because if you are setting accurate goals, you're setting achievable goals, you're aware of your time, you're taking care of yourself, you have boundaries, you are setting yourself up for so much success to where everything is going to get done in the space that you needed to get done in. You're not going to need to stay late. You're not going to need to pick up your phone because you're going to trust. Yeah, I I did everything I needed today, right? So overcoming this habit is going to take some time and effort. And it is essential to really be patient and compassionate with yourself as you start to make these changes. Because it's going to be, think of this as like a slow burn, right? You're going to start changing this behavior here in the moment. It's going to take a minute and that's okay because the long-term benefit of this is so worth the short-term discomfort and the short-term, you know, commitment to saying, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do this instead, right? It is so important and crucial to make this investment because truly your overall quality of life and well-being, it depends on this, okay? All right, so let's talk about a couple ways that life gets better once you stop overworking. So get ready for skyrocketed energy, girl. Say goodbye to these energy dips, especially those mid-afternoon ones, right? Because I know for so many of you who are overworking around, you know, a couple hours after lunch, you're like, I can't even make it through the day, right? So picture having infinite energy, limitless energy to just really conquer your day and then still feel like you have more on the other side of it to where you can go home and do some more stuff, right? The next thing is get ready to ditch the hideous stress and anxiety by and just embrace this beautiful zest for life. So break free, breaking free of overworking is really going to mean like you can just dance with life. Like you can literally just have the most beautiful dance with life with a heart that is just full of joy and enthusiasm. And you are just so excited to be alive versus being in the space where you just feel so burdened by the overworking that you are doing and the dread that you feel about it. And get ready to start working harder, play harder, right? So you're going to do your hard work. But with a well-balanced life, with your boundaries, with everything in check, you're going to work hard when you need to. But then when it's time to play, you're going to play. You're going to see this whole world as your playground. You're going to just be the master of playing. And I think when we can tap into the art of playing as adults, it is one of the most beautiful energies to tap into because then you start having fun. And when you're having fun, you're going to be living your best, most confident life. Okay? Okay. 
The next thing is you are going to feel so much joy in the little moments. So it could be a sunrise, a sunset, feeling the breeze on your face, smelling something incredible because you're not going to be just rushing from one task and chaos and this and that. So the sunrise from the morning ends up being the most beautiful promise of a brilliant day ahead. And you're just so busy enjoying the beauty of life that you don't have any time to worry about anything else. You don't want to overwork when you're so in love with life, when you're so excited by the beautiful moments that are happening. The other thing that you're going to experience is get ready to be just at a superhuman level of productivity, right? Because you are going to be working smarter, not harder. And your productivity is going to soar and you're going to have so much energy to do it. So when you look at your to-do list, you're going to be like, boom, done. Because you know exactly how to prioritize it in a way to where you don't need X, you know, X amount of hours to get it done. You're going to know, okay, I've got this. I'm going to be super productive. Your efficiency is in- going to increase and your dreams are just going to become your reality because you're just doing the damn thing, Right. So get ready on the other side of quitting overworking to really invite in a very beautiful sense of aliveness in your life, a lot of love, a lot of laughter. I truly think that there is this trifecta of life and love and laughter that just becomes a daily anthem. And you are in the beautiful place of being in full control over that. So when you are in that place where you're just focused on living an incredible life, you are focused on so much love and you are just laughing every single day until your belly hurts, tears are shooting out of your eyes, you're never going to work an overwork another minute again. Because why would you, right? When your life is so exciting to live, when you are out there just having these beautiful soul just encapsulating adventures where you're like, yes, this life is so good. You're just going to be focused on this moment because all we have is this moment. And when those of you who are stuck in the past, right, we're so consumed about the past, we're so worried about the future, we have right now. So come back to the present moment and just trust that your best days are ahead. Trust that they're going to be nothing short of remarkable because they are. And you have the most incredible opportunity every single day to choose living your life versus living for work. And when you start to do this identity work, and once again, this is something that I do at a very deep level in week one of the CAN program with the women that I work with, is we start helping you identify as who you are as a person, not by what you do for work. Because for so many of us, when we take away our job title, what do we have left? We have ourselves. But if you're not clear on who that is, if you're not connected with that version of you, if you're not taking care of that version of you, of course, you're not going to be living your best life. Of course, it's going to be so easy just to slip back into overworking because that for your brain is going to feel so much safer because your brain knows overworking. If you identify as an overworker, as a workaholic, your brain feels safe in that way of operating. So it is always going to pull you back to that habitual cycle of overworking because once again, this is a form of protection. Your brain is doing its job. Your brain is not designed to create happiness. Your brain is designed to keep you alive and keep you comfortable, right? Our brain is not set up to say like, oh, how can I live my best life today? That's not how our brain works. It is literally designed for survival. So you need to get beyond this mode of operating by working on your mindset. And this all happens when you commit to doing that inner work on yourself. This is not an outside job. This is an inner job. And you can't get out of the over cycle if you're treating this from the outside. So see this as a symptom. Overworking is a symptom of something deeper going on inside of you right now. And my challenge for you is if you don't like the way you feel every single day and you know deep down, as I mentioned earlier, that overworking is not it for you, it is time to trust that you're ready for change, that you need support to get out of your own way so you can start living in a way that does excite you, that does make you feel alive, that does feel like you woke up and you just won the lottery, right? Because for so many of us that are trapped in the cycle of overworking, 
It doesn't feel like we won the lottery. It feels like we're in jail. It feels like life is a punishment. It feels like life is happening to us, not for us. So it makes it impossible to live our best life when we look at it in that way. So if you are ready to overcome the cycle of overworking, let's definitely have a conversation about it. I'd love to invite you to a one-to-one strategy session, and we will talk about why you overwork. So by the time of the end of our conversation together, you will know the reason why you overwork. You will leave that call with the awareness of why am I doing this? And then you get to decide if you want to continue to empower this behavior. And if you decide, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm putting in the towel. I'm throwing in the white flag. I'm done behaving in this way. I'm done. I want to break the cycle. I want to break the habit. I don't want to pass this down to my kids and think that they need to grind and hustle and overwork to be good enough or to be successful. That's where we're going to break this generational cycle. That's where we are going to break this mindset. We are going to break this habitual way of operating is through our one-to-one work together. So please lean in and get that support, whether it's with me or another coach or a therapist or a counselor, you deserve to be free of a way of life where you are constantly so consumed with work, where you are tying your identity to what you do, where you don't know who you are without it. And that's a huge indicator that you are in a pattern of overworking, right? So to get help stopping that today, send me a message, soulmakeupcustomercare at gmail.com and we can continue this conversation. But please just make me a promise. If you know deep down that you're done with this way of operating, give yourself the gift of change through committing to yourself. Because when you commit to yourself and you do this mindset work on yourself and do your personal development and your professional development, this will become a way of operating that once served you, got you to where you're at now, but you're going to let it go with love and it is going to be the most freeing and liberating experience of your life. I can promise you that. All right, we will be back next week for our final edition of this Over It series, where we are talking all things overthinking. And I will be joined by my esteemed colleague. Her name is Leah May. She is an incredible coach, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. She works with a lot of high-powered executives. She does leadership coaching. And our conversation, if you are an overthinker, oof, it is going to be like chicken soup for yourself, let me tell you. All right, so stay tuned. We will be back next week for that episode. Have a fab rest of your day, my beautiful friend. Oh, hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If this helps you, I would love for you to share the gift of confidence with a friend because this is how we all grow. So share this with your girls, a coworker, a fellow mama, or your fam on social media because we all need support in our confidence journey. So sharing can help us heal, feel better, and take steps to grow now. Also, I'd love if you would drop your rating in. Ratings and reviews help me so much more than you realize. And if you found yourself listening today and thinking, I need professional support, I would love to invite you to join the CAN program where I will teach you how to take confident action now. If increased confidence is what you want, this is multiple months of dedicated you time where we will do the deep work on you to create your most confident self, both personally and professionally. Because once you know how to generate the feeling of confidence from the inside out, the possibilities become endless and your results become inevitable. This is the most valuable investment you will ever making yourself. And I cannot wait to see who you become on the other side of doing this work on you. So visit me at soulmakeup.com to learn more or come be my bestie on Instagram. You can find me at your soul makeup. See you next time.